Hi, I'm Siggy, born and raised in St. Catharines, Ontario, and now living in the nation's capital of Ottawa. And I'm Jesse, born in Manila, Philippines, raised in Toronto, Canada, and schooled all over southwestern Ontario. You're listening to the Halo Halo podcast, a delicious mix of pop culture and the Filipino-Canadian life. Before we start our podcast, we'd like to acknowledge the lands we're podcasting on. I'm podcasting from the traditional lands of the Huron-Wendat, the Seneca, and most recently, the Mississaugas of the Credit River. And I'm podcasting from the traditional unceded territory of the Algonquin and Anishinaabeg people. On today's Merienda episode, and for those of our listeners that don't know what a Merienda episode is, when there are <laughs> five Fridays in a month, we have a Merienda episode on the last Friday of that month. And so July has that fifth Friday, and we talk about midnight snacks. But before we dive right into our midnight yes. snacks, <laughs> and listeners, you should know that we actually do tape sometimes a Thursday, but mostly recently Sunday evenings. It does feel like a midnight snack because we both have really early bedtimes. But before before we do that, let's catch up. What have you been up to pop culture-wise? July 21st was my birthday, and yes, I'm recording is July 25th. Thank you, and I got your little messages. Thanks, Kuya, and thanks to Misha for messaging mm. me. I love you both. I got some great birthday presents, and I shared a text with you, but like listeners right now, I'm just holding up a picture. This was in my card. And it's a picture oh, of Jordan so and Dino. So my wife, bless her heart, and my father-in-law, my mother-in-law got me a Jordan and Dino cooking membership access. So you sign up on Facebook and apparently like for six months there's a recipe he gives you a grocery list and you're going to cook with him. I was super awesome because I was like, going to be really excited and literally I thought Emily bought me the friend's Lego apartment. Like That's what <laughs> I thought it was. I literally thought, ooh, there's a big bag. And meanwhile, there were all my son's gifts whose birthday was two days before mine. But I'm like, oh, a, a card. Okay, great. I, I had no clue. So Emily had been like actually direct messaging Jordan wow. back and forth and they were like, oh, what about this? I'm just trying to figure this out and she set up an account and Jordan's like, oh, if you guys are new please come to flip siggy and all like Mm. super sweet my wife is just like i go did you get this for me or for you to talk to jordan she's like a little (laughs) bit of both and i'm like you know what absolutely take it six take it it. i'm taking emily and family bravo well done well done on that what a great gift so um i think he starts next week because he's on vacations i'll have to report and stuff on it you're gonna have to report but i can't wait to hear your experience and i hope our listeners get to i'll totally show you the videos and stuff the other thing is in our previous episode about summer stuff, Jesse talks about summer movies. And I took his recommendation and I actually went and bought Cruella on Disney Plus. And it was a pleasure. Wasn't it was a it? fantastic backstory. If you like fashion, if you like pop music from the 60s, Gorgeous. Emma Stone, Emma Thompson, like you get two Emmas for the price of one. Fantastic. It was well done. And even like there's Easter eggs, it even ends with Easter eggs. Oh, and I know. They skewed like the backstory of why Cruella is Cruella. It was fantastic. It was magnificent. It was a great little, I mean, yes, it would be fun in the movie theaters, but my wife and I totally enjoyed it. It was it was so exactly enjoyable. Like, you said. like it, it'll probably get nominated for like set design, art direction, Costume. fashion. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Kuya, you're like, Siggy, it blew my mind. It was fantastic. It was a great little movie. It was so, so fantastic. I was really taken aback by it. And it was much more enjoyable than I thought. And I thought, oh, it'll just be some origin story, blah, 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 like blah. Like Maleficent, Maleficent or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, but then it was actually, it was so much more. And the Easter eggs were just everywhere. So if you watched 101 Dalmatian, you realize <laughs> exactly. this is the prequel to 101 Dalmatians. And, and you were like... well-placed 
updated, a little diversity going on in there. Great little backstories for everyone. Like, parents are not, if you've watched 101 Dalmatians, and you know, I do love Glenn Close when she did her Cruella, but honestly, this was a great uh, reboot, backstory reboot. It was fantastic. Yeah, reboot, revival, whatever it is, it was fantastic, and it just shows you that villains also have a heart of gold. I'm just like, I can't wait for the sequels. I agree with you. So th- thank you for the recommendation. Yeah, now, you're welcome. Obviously, Friday, July 23rd ushered in a big event. Quia, dun, what have you been into? I'm sure that's all we can probably play on this podcast before intellectual property rights are overtaken. After yes, us. the Olympics have started. That's and right. I think you know, just as most of our friends know, that I like to just you kind of it. like camp down and watch the Olympics. It was so surreal this year, Sigs. Like, that's all that's been taken over in terms of my pop culture feed is just watching the Olympics kind of unfold. And we're like, for those of you that are keeping track of our time, right, we are entering into day two, day three of the Olympics. And just, it's obviously a different feel. Like, first of all, it is always like a mind jump when they say Tokyo. 2020. And it's like, but it's 2021. But yes, we delayed it it a year. But it feels like it's 2020. (laughs) 2020, right? So it's still Tokyo 2020. Mm -hmm. And then on top of it all, it's like, am I watching practice? Oh, no, no, no. This is an actual competition because there's no one in the stands. stands. Clearly, they had like no other thing to do. Like, you know, like if you were watching the NBA during the pandemic or the Mm -hmm. NHL during the Mm -hmm. pandemic, at least they like covered up the stands and, you know, did something decorative. Cutouts, yeah. Nothing decorative. No. It is just pure competition. I don't know if that's either good or bad, but either way, though, I just appreciate that the Olympics are still going forward in as much as the show must go on. And, I, you know, listeners, I recognize that there's a lot of politics behind it. Mm-hmm. You have a country that really wondered about the relevance of it. People do wonder about kind of like the cost of it. Here in Toronto, at least, they've always talked about if we've ever hosted it, there's always activism, protest groups, with right. and circuses and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I get the issues around that. I have to also say being someone that was in a high performance sport at one point in my life. And for those of you that don't know, or if you'll have to review one of the podcast previous warmups on it, but I, was in a varsity sport called rowing. And you, you, know, okay, and, Kuya, you know what? You were about to say, there's three sports that were in my head for you. I know well, rowing, the I know two? wrestling, and I know cheerleading. Like, well, no, I wasn't in cheerleading. It was oh, my I sisters were. that were in cheerleading. Oh, I thought right? you were. That sounds and like, they, I'm not surprised. Yeah, they were so much into cheerleading, and I was so much in support of them that I couldn't help but cheer them on. And uh, probably in a fantasy world, I probably was on the squad. That's what I thought. I was like, I knew you did like several sports. I was like, which sport is he talking about? Because I'm thinking was actually of three. in wrestling in, <laughs> in high school and yeah, actually rowing. did quite well, but then pivoted towards academics. Mm-hmm. But then when I got to university, I had varsity rowing. Mm-hmm. That's hardcore. Yeah, and, hardcore. and I actually even got to compete at the international level at some point and even competed for the gay games. You did? Interestingly enough, representing Canada. I love and it. So, love it. yeah, it is kind of funny. But I think all of the politics and the optics aside, what remains are the athletes and their dedication. And these are individuals that train eight years for their particular craft. So if you've never been into javelin, <laughs> you know, like suddenly you can get into javelin and watch it and understand that these people have been training all their lives for excellent and trying to push themselves beyond that. And that's something that I can personally relate to. So I love watching the Olympics, whether it's summer or winter, it's kind of like, oh, it's here. So if anything, I'm watching it out of respect for the athletes, again, despite the optics around that. Your eyes glow when you watch, and I've watched Watch Olympics several times. And one of my favorite, remember when Roots was doing the line of clothing? <gasps> so, 
Okay, when Roots did the line of clothing for the Olympic athletes, they also yes. had like all these jackets, and Jesse mm. bought me the Filipino one. Yes, do you remember? Yes, yes. And I remember I you do. bought them, like, pretend that you and I are, like, synchronized, yes! like, divers, and let's pretend we win awards. So, literally, he and I would be in jackets, and he'd pretend, like, holding, like, fake bouquets and, like, thanking people, and we'd pivot, yes. and he goes this way over here, Siggy, over to yes. the left. I think over we did it left. for an hour, until, like, Logan was like, you guys need to stop. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> but you were all of it. But... Jesse sweetly talks about the sports. I can see his face with his eyes glowing like, oh, look how hard they're doing. Look at them. Like, look at them out there doing it. You totally emulate of like any commercial of little kids or like spectators. Like, that's right. Let's have pride and enjoy. I always think of that about you. And I have to also say too, like, okay, so listeners, for those of you that don't know, like Siggy and I met through residents. We weren't at residence together, but we met through residents. Right. And that's another story probably we'll tell in season Season four. four. (laughs) Yeah, it's season four at some point. And I've learned a lot of stuff through residence, but I have to say too, I learned a lot of stuff in terms of life skills in varsity sports. Oh yeah. Yeah. From sportsmanship to competition, to being able to encourage people Mm -hmm. and playing fairly. Right. And that I think is one of the most important lessons I learned from sports. And I think to myself, there are many ways to learn things when you're at university and or college and stuff like that. There's not only just learning in the classroom or learning between classes, it's also learning on the the field of play. And that's why I love watching the Olympics. And maybe one day we'll have to do like a whole episode on it as to my love of it. But yes, so that's what I've been doing kind of pop culture wise. Nice. So, Sigs, all of the watching of the Olympics and hearing about Cruella and stuff like that gets me snacky. And yes. So, Sig is going to lead us through that. So, Sigs, tell us all about this Merienda episode and the Midnight Snack Edition. So... For this, I thought we were just brainstorming and this is like the best way to tie up our season. And Jess and I were trying to brainstorm ideas about snacks and both of us were hit by two different ideas. And I was like, and I think of this when I'm I'm growing up, what is something that you pull up and you eat at night? Sometimes it's either sweet, sometimes it's savory. And I think I'm just gearing up because I actually am going to my parents' house next week. And Mm. when I'm at my parents' house and it's quiet in the house, what do I go to the fridge and get? at like midnight or past midnight and if I'm lucky sometimes it might be oh my god there's a slab of ube oh my gosh there's a slab of lechaplan <laughs> but I had chosen two snacks that I was like okay this is actually stuff I have and listeners if you don't realize it Jesse and I actually have food with us we do we <laughs> do I can't I, wait to break mine open ASMR like a big ASMR warning so we have some snacks and we thought we, we could make it analogous of our favorite midnight snacks and some of our best hits from season three of the Hollow Hollow podcast. What should we do first? Should we do your midnight snack first or should we do my midnight I go snack first and then you'll find a good segue. Okay. You got some fancy stuff and I, I okay. went basic and thematic. So I want to share with our listeners what we got. And so Sounds I good. mentioned Sounds when good. I go to my parents' house and I'm going there July 30th, I'm very excited. We're arriving mm. late. You know what that means? We, it's as yes. if you know, I'm coming off a flight from the Philippines and I'm sharing a like buying box. I've told listeners before, my dad makes a really good pandasal. Jesse's had it. There's a smell. It's very fresh. When I think of it, it's familiar. It's family. It's home and it's sustenance. When you have Mm. pandasal, which is just like a very simple bun, it's either paired with a cheese, a jam, most likely a cheese. You can put it with coffee. You can have it at breakfast. You dip it in coffee. You can have it with pork in it. You could take leftover like hamon or queso. You put it in there with cloud. I always... Sometimes, too, you can make it a sweet treat. I'd heat it up and put a scoop of vanilla in it. I 
I find it's a warmth with a slight sweetness to match. It's familiar. gives me a sense of warmth. It's a basic it's sustenance. It reminds mm. me of this familiar and family. I love them when we welcome guests on our podcast. We've created a big network, and there's many guests we've had this year of people we've connected through our work that has come across our path, who've been interesting people and been sort of like part of the Hollow Hollow podcast family. I sincerely think of episode 3113 when Mylene Briggs comes on and we talked mm. about self care. A fellow creative, returning guest, person behind our Hollow Hollow podcast logo. I really enjoy the interactions between you and I and her whether it's social media or through the podcast, there was a great discussion from both of you. Jesse had set it up like, let's take stock and what is the importance of self-care right Right. now with activism and how it is basically, let's check in to ensure that you get a daily self-sustenance and continuing your day. You made it such a simple type of thought that we delved into really things like, what is self-care for you? And sometimes someone else's self-care isn't yours. I felt really a warm cup of cafe, Pandasal, chatting with you and Mylene, and just really talking about those little important things to celebrate and to celebrate a self. I think of that in episode 3113, Pandasal. Yeah, that was a great episode. Mm-hmm. And it almost pairs well with the Pandaria, mm-hmm. where we were talking about like showcasing Filipino podcasts and stuff mm-hmm. like that. When I think about that episode too, yeah, I, it brings up a lot of warmth. And I think you're right, Pandasal, it's not only just about sustenance, mm-hmm. There's something kind of warm and inviting about this flexible bread because it really is a flexible bread. It is incredible Mm -hmm. how it can turn. It can turn from either being sweet Mm -hmm. or quite savory. And I have to tell you, Michael loves Pandasal and its flexibility because I think he discovered it after Christmas holidays because we had all this leftover Christmas ham. Mm -hmm. And he was like, you know, well, what are we going to do with this? And I said, oh, we're just going to eat Pandasal with it all day long. He says, well, how do you do it? And I said, there is no right way. And so I showed him how I had it. And it was like toasted with Mm -hmm. butter Mm -hmm. after it was toasted. Mm -hmm. And then I put on the Christmas ham and then I scooped up some of the pineapple and put it in and made one for him and one for me. And he was like, what is this? And I said, it is heaven. A little piece of heaven. A little piece of heaven. A little piece of heaven and warmth. And and it took care of us. It took care of us in the post-December 25th. Food haze. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's so great. I'm eating one right now. I I put some cheese in it. (laughs) Yeah, I had a little something. Meanwhile, I'm like, it's such an excuse to eat so late. But Mm. what is your first midnight snack? And now, unfortunately, like there's no ASMR with this because it's a bit like I can I can I can do this <laughs> with the plate, but but it is Brasa de mm. Mercedes. Mm. Tell right? people about Literally, it. Literally, Brasa de Mercedes means arm of mercy, and probably and I love Siggy how you've said this for throughout this particular season is like ah, oh, Kuya, like does everything come back to Spanish colonialism? <laughs> this, dessert, this dessert certainly does yes. come back to Spanish colonialism yeah. and does have to deal with some remnants of Spanish culture. Mm-hmm. But for those of you that don't know what Brasa de Mercedes is, imagine a meringue roll with egg custard filling mm. and it is just creamy goodness and yet light and fluffy at the same time. An interesting fact about Brasa de Mercedes, the urban legend, I don't know if you can call this an urban legend, <laughs> but it's a legend, right? They say that apparently the creamy custard was a result of having used the egg whites and mixing it with plaster to build some of the churches. So they had all this extra egg yolk. So it was like, what do we do with it? And then eventually got turned we into a custard and then folded into a brasso de Mercedes. No waste. It is light and creamy, light and fluffy. And for me, it reminds me of episode 314, which is where we had discussed Hello, Stranger, the movie and love teams with Armin. 
<laughs> oh my gosh, I just like it was you were fun in heaven. and you... I was totally in heaven <laughs> when I was getting to Kiki with Armin about Hello Stranger the movie and love teams and talking about it. Again, it was a frolicky episode talking about romantic movies that I could relate to watching. Mm-hmm. And after watching Hello Stranger the movie, I just thought to myself, "Oh, this is what straight white women feel like when they watch The Bachelor or The Bachelorette (laughs) or a Hallmark Channel movie. Like, I get that I can watch a Hallmark Channel movie and think, oh, that's really nice, Mm -hmm. you know, but I don't think I feel the deepness that some people feel when they watch those movies or they watch that TV series. So I certainly felt that when... I got to Kiki with you and with Armin on this. And it helped me, again, understand the Hollywood romance industrial complex just a little bit better. Right? <laughs> like That is not a terminology that I took from academia. It's something that I made up. But certainly that romance industrial complex made me just better understand that. And then the deep custard filling of episode 314 was really embodied by having Armin Armin join us that day because... It was just fascinating to hear his upbringing in Rhode Island, right? Oh my gosh. It was fascinating to hear him grow up on the eastern seaboard of the United States and hearing his ability to find community and then interestingly enough, finding it in a folk seaside shanty music community. He is a find. And the fact of the matter is you connected through him and he connected through Mm. us because of the BL series. Mm, Like, have you watched this before? And I listened to your thing and I'm from Rhode Island. And I was like... Who is this guy? And then we yeah, found out more about him. Yeah, and he was talking of. about Gaius Apalikula. Yeah. Like, at some point, oh my God, Armin, you need to come back on. He's got to come back. He's some more <laughs> on all these like other stuff. And and I want to hear more about his violin making. If you don't follow him, we'll put his socials on there. He makes mm. these beautiful pieces of art, and they're violins. And he's just puttering in his like workshop. We saw his workshop in the virtual studios when we had him on, and his pup is running around, and he's just listening to podcasts, including ours, and just doing his work. He's great. In the mix. He's in the mix. Can't we forget? It was wonderful. It was just nice to hear this person. Yeah, the last thing that I want to say about the Brasso de Mercedes, and I'm just only recognizing this now as I'm like shoveling my mouth with it (laughs) in between me speaking here, is is, is that there's kind of like this bubbling effect. And it just makes me think, oh my God, I'm sure Armin is just bubbling under to tell us more stuff about his life. And I can't wait to hear that. Armin, please come back on. (laughs) Take us to your next snack, your next midnight snack. All right, so... It's summertime, right? I don't know if you follow him on social media. I love Filipino barbecue. Now, Filipino barbecue mm. is usually like sliced up pieces of pork. This is beef that I have. I'm holding it to the camera, even though I'm talking to you guys. <laughs> now, there's yes. a rule of thumb about the marinade when it comes to Filipino barbecue. It cannot be the same day. My mom's like, if you have two days of a marinade, it'll make your meat soft. Now, usually, and this is a standard. I don't think I'm giving any way secrets. When I do a marinade, I usually use ketchup, soy sauce, Lots of garlic, like crushed garlic, salt, pepper, and I usually use a can of pop. I usually like to have 7-Up, like our clear pop, or ginger ale. My friends use Coke, like I have a lot of families use Coke, but in the do household, it's usually like a clear type of pop. And you leave it in for at least 24 hours if it's longer. Once you put them on those sticks and they're on the grill, it smells amazing. And it's very juicy. It's in the thick of it. And when you really get in there, you're eating this meat. And I, this is Costco beef. Look at me be fancy. <laughs> it gets really in there. When it's like a big, nice, tender, juicy piece, there's a lot of it to it. It's juicy, tasty morsels. The Hollow Hollow podcast has focused on some really meaty current topics. There's my segue in. 
Last year, um, June 2020, season two, we had a four special justice episodes. In season three, Jesse and I had a big discussion. He's like, let's do this again. We're going to do it in February. Our four-part social justice series included episodes 309, 309.5 on righteous anger, speaking up as social action, episodes 310, 310.5, intersectionality, positionality, and allyship part two. I love these episodes. I feel like they're just these suites of episodes making what we need to do right now in this time part of our podcast, not only with Black Lives Matter, anti-racism movement, it's happening with Indigenous cultures. We need to like take action and be conscious of what's going on. And Jez had this idea in season two, like, let's make these in these morsel episodes and let's talk serious stuff. Toxie, what do you want to learn and what can I research and impart on you? Not only me, but the listeners. When we came up with season three, I had mentioned to a friend that, oh, we've got a four part series. They were super excited to hear from us again. And the wow. topics were great and very simple. Like, I didn't know much about intersectionality and we got to break it down. And Jesse led me through exercises, but what about this? And it's made me much more conscious. It makes me makes me want to read more and makes me want to be able to share with other people. And I know that a lot of the listeners who had DM'd me saying, oh, this is a great episode. And it's very much this juicy, meaty part that other people get to share in. And I really, really like how you built this into the Hollow Hollow podcast, Kuya. I, I really enjoyed those episodes. I'm, I'm glad you brought this up. I'm glad that they were part of your Midnight Snack season finale mm-hmm. for season three. You know, when I was thinking about when we were planning all of this, mm-hmm. it just made me think, like, I don't want to be one of those podcasters that are woke for a moment. That's right. I think that we need to be, this is constant lifelong work. And you know, if people have to ask the question of like, when is this work done? I don't think you're getting it Mm -hmm. yet. So this work is constant and this work continues. And I just thought we need to honor that, right? What we had started in season two after George Floyd's death. And it just made me think, well, let's kind of take February, which is traditionally Black History Month, Mm -hmm. and then dedicate these episodes accordingly. And then to talk about all of these different, if you will, social justice issues. And at the end of the day, when you think about what Halo Halo podcast is all about, we very much are about elevating people. But I would also say, too, that what's part and parcel to our, if you will, brand is also inclusion work. That's right. It would be very difficult to kind of continue to do this podcast if we weren't addressing inclusion work. And so I'm glad that we just have part of our platform being able to kind of talk about that. I'm glad that you brought that in. It's meaty and I'm munching it on right now. It just, it, <laughs> I can tell. It, you can see me like, this is so, it's so wonderful. But it's so you would be anyway. You're like, do you have a, where's totally. my stick? Like you and I would just be sitting with each other eating the meat. Oh, like just as a side story, listeners, Siggy one time came into town, visited our friend Tara, was sleeping over at Tara. Mm. You know, you had texted saying I'm in town and I think it was like midnight yeah. and you know, and I lived in Cabbage at the time just south mm. of where our friend Tara was living mm. and then I just said I'm coming and like let's have some us. <laughs> so I barge in <laughs> and I think I woke up Tara sorry T right? <laughs> and we were like just kikiing along the way and I'm sure we probably raided her Food. her midnight fridge for some type of midnight snack Typical. We kind of uh, very that. Filipino yeah. people don't know very Filipino all right very let's hear what your snack is Okay, so snack number two for me, if it's in the fridge, and let me mm. just say, ever since being on keto, it's a little hard <laughs> having these. So I'm really relishing that I'm getting to eat this right now. Mm. Is Sansrival mm-hmm. technically means without rival? Mm-hmm. For those of you that don't know what Sansrival 
is, and you'll notice a theme here, is this is, is that it's a meringue-based mm. cake with layered buttercream mm-hmm. and roasted cashew nuts. Mm. And it's usually frozen or refrigerated. But if you can get it at the right temperature, I have to say it's a decadent, decadent <laughs> delight. You'll notice that my midnight snack really brings out the sweet tooth in me. And what I love about this dessert is just the contrasting layers of chewy sweetness of the meringue, along with the crunchy nuttiness of the cashews and the buttery goodness all the way around. And, you know, sometimes when you think about it, it sometimes tastes like toffee sponge mixed in with vanilla ice cream on a very warm day. Mm. And when I think about this dessert... I think what it reminds me of is episode 303, fave Philippinex movies on Netflix and language loss as our parents' immigration story with Joanna from Tagalog with uh-huh. Kirby. And yeah, yeah. For me, like podcasting with Joanna, just like this particular dessert was a delight. She she was just fantastic. She didn't miss a beat, like from the warm up to the main <laughs> episode, like when she was talking about her favorite word, Namamahai. Oh my God, I just... <laughs> Howl, howl. She was just so delightful. And her insights on learning Tagalog and how self-confidence is key Mm -hmm. to becoming fluent and that she talked about when Filipinos are laughing when you're speaking Tagalog when you might not be the greatest at it. It's just an appreciation laugh and that making mistakes is really the admission. Mm -hmm. And I have to repeat that again. Making mistakes is the admission into learning any language, including Tagalog. That's a good point. You know, I just thought, oh my God, she was just giving us some epiphanic insights, you know, and I just thought, oh, so fantastic that she was sharing this with us and with our listeners. And I think what was also delightful and fanciful was hearing her immigration story. (gasps) That's a story. Filled with unique arcs, rich nuance, intriguing events occurred along the way. And, you know, she touched on things that it's like, oh my God, we don't have time to talk about that. But it's like, I want to hear about her time at a historical black college. Yeah, she was. What that was like. She just touched the surface and had such intriguing things to tell us and such a unique immigration story. And it's like, oh. Joanna, I hope we can get you back on <laughs> for season four because it was, again, such a delight. Like Sansrival, you know, it was such a delight to talk to her. Wow, that was that was a good, like, review for the season. On a sidebar, Kuya, what are your thoughts for upcoming season four? This is our last episode we're closing off. Anything on, the, on the horizon for the, for the two of us? As we go into planning, so, you know, just to let our listeners in on the what behind the scenes is, is, is that, yeah, Siggy and I will take a hiatus just to kind of refresh, renew, have a bit of the summer, enjoy the summer, especially here in a subarctic nation like Canada. <laughs> you know, you have like 16 to 20 weekends to kind of plan out if you're not on vacation in the hot summer sun here in this wonderful country. I just think to myself, I think we're going to be probably exploring more pre-colonial mythology and myths, kind of like where we left off with Trece Mm -hmm. and the Philippine mythology, understanding more about pre-colonial stuff. I have a feeling that we're going to talk more about indigeneity and indigenous roots. Excellent. Not only just in the Philippines, but probably in Canada as well and how that affects us. And I think we're going to continue to elevate more Filipino voices that we can on this podcast. So that's where I think we're headed season four. What about you? I wanted you just to talk about those lovely points that you had shared with me. And right now I'm really annoyed because I really want dessert and I just see you putting right in your mouth. Like that looks so good. But I, again, I think that we'll be elevating more voices and like I can probably like give you a little bit of insight listeners we have been in touch with the creator of Lost Shaman 
Sam, mm. and she's been so. She said, "You know what, guys? Let me know or whatever, and I'll come on, and we want to hear more from her because her Kuya, you've been listening to her podcast, amazing, fantastic. So I cannot wait and collaborating again with people that have been friends of the podcast, wanting to come back into the studios. And I told Chell, I'm like, I miss you. Come on, when I'm mm. on, and we'll, we'll be together. And they said, Oh, Kuya, anytime. I'm like, perfect. So I'm very They've been excited. So busy. Yeah. I know Chell's been so busy, but wants to come back on with both of us, right? So it'll be great. I can't wait can't for rave. to have them back on board, right? Put that in. Put like shovel that in. Okay. I'm really <laughs> jealous. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> yes, here it is. Here it goes. I'm gonna have. Okay. Them, I'm, and I'm gonna crunch our ending out yeah. here, right? So I don't know that you can hear that. <laughs> I'm telling you, Amplify. Amplify. Well, well, buttery, <laughs> buttery goodness. Mm, well, as I'm eating my son's revolve. You can fix it in post. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can. You know what? Our tummies are full, and I think this has been a pretty much a fun Marianne episode. Do you agree, Kuya? Mm-hmm. I agree wholeheartedly. All right, folks. I'll say it again, and I'll help start closing us out. Again, questions, comments, concerns, suggestions for future topics. We are planning season four. Reach out to Mm. us. Like many of these people did from Armin, Richie Valdez, Joanna Kirby, Mary Beth, Badian, Monica Vera. I hope I'm not forgetting one. Mylene. Reach out to us. Email us at holohollopopculture at gmail.com. We love emails. The Hollow Hollow Podcast is available on all podcast platforms. Rate us and leave a review. You can find us on Twitter. Our handle is at Hollow Hollow Pop. And we're on Instagram and our handle there is at Hollow Hollow Pop Culture. Finally, we receive editorial feedback from Mary Beth Badian. Our musical theme is by Chell Turingen. We'll see all of you guys in the fall. See you guys in the fall. And maybe you'll find some Insta stories with Kuya and I in the same place at the same time this summer. All right, guys. (laughs) Talk to you soon.